good defenders and welcome to the most LAFC podcast on earth. Oh, another one of these, but now for totally different reasons. It's time for Defenders of the Bank. You know my voice. I am the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, the scarf. And sitting directly to my left in beautiful Burbank, California, in world-famous Philomonster Studios, he is Christian Philly Philemon. I'm glad at least one of us is jovial this evening. I'm not quite jovial, and I'm sure there are plenty people out there, plenty of the millions. And millions. That feel the same way I do, too. While we might be the most LAFC podcast in the solar system, we're certainly not a good LAFC podcast in sporting Kansas City. Tonight was rough, folks. In fact, our worst loss ever in Bank of California Stadium. Yeah. And you would have to hearken back to the early years. Hearken. To 2018. Those were the last time we saw some pretty lopsided losses. I remember a five- nothing loss to Atlanta United at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. I remember a 5-1 to one loss against Minnesota United. Christian Ramirez with a brace. And I don't remember any other lopsided games like that, period. So we got some stuff to talk about. This is going to be our way of exercising the demons, hopefully in a clear and concise manner. Uh, yeah, today Let, sucked. And let's not mistake my energy for being jovial. Although I will say this, I feel like we may have flipped roles a little bit here, Philly, because after talking about this match with a bunch of people at the bank after the match, after sitting here and going over our episode notes with you, and after trying to exercise as many demons as possible before we take to the airwaves here, I've actually got a tinge of optimism Going into the next match against San Jose, based on some things that actually happened in the match today. So, yes, 4-1 loss, real, real bad. First half, real, 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 real bad. Second half, not all that bad, Philly. We're going to break all of it down, and we're going to try something a little different. We're going to shake things up for the millions. And millions. Okay. Of LAFC faithful out there for Defenders Nation. Instead of a minute-by-minute breakdown, because there were plenty of breakdowns in the minutes-by-minutes in the first half. I may have a breakdown in this podcast. Yeah. Instead of a breakdown minute-by-minute, we're actually going to try something a little different. We're going to take you on a little journey through the first two halves. Come along and ride on a fantastic fantastic voyage. Voyage wasn't that fantastic. Slide, slide, slip and slide. Watching this game made me want to die. Okay. That being said, Philly... I think everybody who listens to our podcast knows our love and affinity for all things AFC Richmond, a.k.a. Ted Lasso. And Philly, it was Ted Lasso night at Bank of California Stadium. It was also Ted Lasso tailgate at Christmas Tree Lane. And I've got to say this. I said this to Devin, to Devo, LAFC Devo. And I will say this. I I hope others in the LAFC community for the club are listening It was the best installation that LAFC has partnered with anybody on. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Philly, we had biscuits 
with the boss. Yeah, I got giddy as I got to Christmas Tree Lane because from a distance you can see the double decker bus. From a you got to see. <laughs> no, you're, now we're going to that side. <laughs> well, you you said, from, we, we went from Coolio to from we, a distance. We did. All right, we did. I mean, all right. So we're clearly eclectic here in terms of our musical taste. That's right. But it was really exciting walking in, and you, you see the umbrella. It was the first thing that you see if you were coming from LAFCHQ, yep. and yet saw the pretty pink box instantly gravitated towards it. Ate the hell out of them biscuits, and you know they what? They were really good. The only thing I was missing was a glass of milk. They were great. Tea, tea. You have to have tea with those biscuits. <laughs> you know how I take my tea? Take it right back <laughs> right to the counter and tell them they made a damn stick. <laughs> it was really cool seeing that. The food was free. Uh, you had an Impossible Burger. I, did. I had a Believe Burger, and uh, I might as well have had an Impossible Believe Burger because I'm still kind of hungry now. They came with fries. The drinks were free. N- not alcohol. It was Lacroix and, and water and, and, and soda pops. I had some sort of Blackberry Izzy. That was really um. <laughs> hey, this is a family friendly podcast. Sorry, I'll try not to talk. <laughs> but uh, about no, we saw some cool stuff. Our friend Sarah, she was dressed up as Ted Lasso. Mad she props. The, to she Sarah. had the mustache. <laughs> she had an LAC visor. She had the uh, the cardigan with yep. the collar. She I had mean, the khakis. Khakis. I mean, she looked fantastic. <laughs> you yes, did sir. something that uh, only you would do, and that's not only you would do, but something I'm glad that you did because you got an AFC Richmond scarf. Yes, of to all add things, your by answering a trivia question. Which, if you know me, I love trivia. By the way, props to, I, I think his name was Noah. And if they listen to the podcast, Does he have great. an arcade? Uh, no, it doesn't have an arcade. But Noah has a right foot. Noah hit the bullseye a couple of times on the target. And, and look, I got to give Noah props. He won like three or four different scarves and was like passing them out to people. And he was all set to pass one out to this guy here, the scarf. I'm ready to pass uh, out right now. There you go. And, but luckily, they asked a trivia question. And, and look, I'll be honest, everybody, this was not a difficult question. <laughs> I'm going to ask it out loud for all of you out there. And well, then we got you can so respond. mad at you. We're going to leave it a little space here for... I, I did answer right away. I didn't let him finish the question, by the way. But the question for all of you out there that also watch Tad Lesso... La, Ted, Tad Lesso? <laughs> Tad Lesso. That's the kind... We're leaving that one what in What is that, on a slim, shady alter ego? Jeez, Tad Lesso. That's like his evil twin Led brother. Led Tasso. Oh, Ted Lasso. The question was, what newspaper does Trent Krim represent? And before he could even get out the full name, of course, I yelled, and you all can say it with me, The, the Independent. Independent. There you go. So that was the uh, that was the fateful question that got Scarf a scarf. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to lie, it's the coolest thing i got today that's just that's the best oh my god the coolest thing you got yeah that's fair i I have nothing funny or cheesy to no but look we got free burgers we had those little believe pins those were cool yeah we we had the yellow sign we had the yellow sign we had the cool lineup card with uh unfortunately with bob bradley in the the ted lasso position And, and and look it was a fun Ted Lasso themed night. It was the highlight of the day without a doubt. And, and obviously Philly after the match going up to Sunset Club and and being able to say hi to several of the real live humans who play the fake characters All on three of them. Ted Lasso. That was great. Uh, uh, Brendan Hunt, by the way, honorary Falconer tonight. Really, really cool that that happened. Ollie thought so too from what I heard. Ollie flew out of the stadium. Is that Did that happen? I mean, I just saw a fresco talk about it. Really? He says he should have known something was about, was, was uh, baffling or a gaff or whatever you want to say. Because like Ollie flew out of the stadium. I, I, well, you and I were doing. We're going. Brendan guess, Hunt scared Ollie. We're, <laughs> we're going to segue into this. We were doing the 
pregame and we wound up doing the postgame for LAFC and 110 football. Just probably so why I'm not so bitter right now. We we missed the Falcon flight. And then so I didn't know that. If anybody wants to comment to us on Instagram or Facebook at Defenders of the Bank or on Twitter at Defend the Bank, let us know if you have video of the Falcon flight. We'd certainly love to see it because we didn't get a chance to watch it. We were walking through the bowels of the stadium, going back to our seats from where we did the huh, pregame. Speaking of bells. So, <laughs> oh, God, Philly's going to lose it. <laughs> But it was great to be able to to meet those guys. It's it's such an inspirational show. We had such a good time. Third Philly. straight day where they not day third third straight game where they were at Bank of California Stadium. Yeah, I think they're a fixture now uh, at Bank of California Stadium for these <laughs> matches. Maybe we could get Danny Rojas on the pitch. You probably could have used him <laughs> no, today. No, 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 no. But that being said, Philly. Speaking of fixtures, let's get into a fixture. On Defenders of the Bank, this day in LAFC history, the match was played on Wednesday, August 4th, and it will very quickly go down in LAFC history as the worst loss in home match history. But that was really one of the first things that's ever happened on August 4th, so let's flash forward to August 5th. And on August 5th, 1985, which means he's still, Philly, younger than the both of us, Happy birthday. <laughs> Why do I think of Back to the Future when you say 1985? <laughs> Happy Great birthday Scott. to our first captain, Le General, 2018 inaugural team, just the, the glue that held everything together before he went to the World Cup. And then it all kind of fell apart. Laurent Simon Philly, the first indelible memory at Bank of California Stadium in a match was the incredible, was it 93rd minute, I believe? Third minute of stoppage time. The Hollywood ending when Stephen Fry forgot which team he played for. One of my favorite moments, Philly, in the entire history of matches at Bank of California Stadium. Philly, that was before you and I had really even met. What were your thoughts and impressions of that incredible goal by Laurent Simon? I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I'm looking at the make history lanyard that we got on that day. April 29th, 2018, the LAFC logo and the Bank of California Stadium logo. It was it was the, it was the most incredible match ever. We were chomping at the bit for a goal. And yep. like you said, it, it was a Hollywood ending. You couldn't have scripted it uh, any better. And I know there's plenty of people out there within this community that, you know, have a, a distaste and a disgust for Laurent Simon with how he, uh, how he bounced, went overseas, and then yep. ended up back in MLS for a team that, well, is a rival for the team he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he left. Yeah. But that was that that moment right there was so worth it. It's what enamored us with Bank of California Stadium. Absolutely, it's what made us all fall in love with this team, the shoulder to shoulder aspect. It was, I mean, honestly, it was probably it was one of the most memorable sporting events I've seen live with my very own eyes. I've seen a couple of things, but yeah. Laurent Simon's goal, arguably one of my favorite LAFC moments ever. Yep. Speaking of falling, also on August fifth, this time in two thousand eighteen, LAFC falls on the road to, as Philly would say, the New Jersey energy drinks, the I New York Red guys. Bulls 2-1. It was the LAFC debut for Danilo Silva, subbing on for Walker Zimmerman in the 84th minute. And on the 5th in 2019, LAFC and Latif Blessing, more on Latif in a little bit, agree on a multi-year contract through 2022. And Edward Atuesta and... This is in 2019, Philly. Ready? <laughs> Jordan Harvey really thought we named today. to the 2019 Week 22 MLS Team of the Week. And that 
is this day in LAFC history. News and notes, Philly, we talked about the injuries, Mario with the hamstring. I know we'll get into that in a little bit, and obviously Segura with the ACL. But we brought a new player into the fold of the black and gold. I actually didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it sounded kind of cool now that I did it. Philly, tell the millions. And millions. About Daniel Chrysostomo. Yeah, we signed him earlier this afternoon. It was probably like, what, 10 minutes before the game right? started? Something <laughs> along those lines. Here's your kit, kid. Yeah. Get out there. Hey, get, get, go, go get him, grasshopper. Uh, yeah, we have uh, Daniel Chrysostomo from the Las Vegas Lights. Uh, he has ties to Orange County's uh, soccer club, a team that we did a lot of business with. Uh, well, training business, that is, back in 2018. Kid's 24 years old, 15 starts for the Lights. He's got a goal, played over a thousand minutes during the 2021 USL campaign. And, you know, throughout his career, he's made 50 appearances. Uh, I'm going back to Orange County Soccer Club throughout 2019, 2020. Uh, UC Irvine uh, product, 2015 to 2018. He uh, got a lot of accolades there. Probably played with Alvaro Quesada. And, uh, yeah, he is signed with our team. Again, 24 years old, a midfielder. Uh, and that's the story with him. It was it was a surprise when LAFC had their domestic signing post earlier. Yep. Uh, we we had no idea where we were going with this, but it's no surprise that we signed a player from the Las Vegas Lights. And so. they did say soon in that same post, by the way. And they oh, it was wrong. soon. It was definitely beyond soon. And, and Philly, two other quick things. Uh, the USL Team of the Week, Week 12, Daniel Chrysostomo, that's kind of neat. Also, the second player from Fontana, California. Signed by LAFC, the first, Christian Torres. Really thought we might get some Christian Torres this season. We've yet, unfortunately, to see him debut. But congrats and welcome to the family, Daniel Chrysostomo. And I believe, Philly, uh, you're going to talk about him possibly even being in the 18 for today's match. Let's just get into it, Philly. Wait, wait. Another big announcement came out today that we should address. I apologize. All-star selection. Oh, my goodness. What All am I thinking? All-star selection. Sorry, I, it's right here in our notes. That's my fault completely. Philly, not one, not two, not three, four. Now, I know we haven't felt like we've played like we deserve four All-Stars this year, but let's talk about, Philly, the first two no-brainers, I think, in our eyes. Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi. Back-to-back Golden Boot winners on the same team, yep. Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi. That, that was a no-brainer. And I believe of the 28 players that were selected as All-Stars, Philly, I believe 24 of them, 24 of them are making their first All-Star appearance, certainly one of those not being Carlos Vela. He has been the captain for the last two All-Star games. Uh, a, a person who's also not making his first All-Star Select game is, is Walker Zimmerman. Yeah. Walker Zimmerman <laughs> is going to be playing with, with us. It'll be fun to see him oh, back yeah. at Bank of California Stadium and not in that mustard yellow kit of Nashville. But there was a video that, that circulated. Really uh, cool. One, one that we got via LAFC PR. Yeah. And it was Edward Atuesta holding Jesus David Murillo's All-Star kit. And he was under the impression that he was going to be 
surprising Murray yep. all on his own. Yep. But and little he did. did he know that Murray had Atuesta's jersey, and that's how they found out. It was genuinely, really cool. genuinely nice. Good on them. They both work hard. They both done things. And we've got four LAFC players donning that beautiful All Star Game jersey yep. that you currently have on right now. Yep. Scarf. Yes. Whose name are you going to put on the back of that All Star jersey? I, you know, I haven't decided yet. I think I might wait until after the match see if an LAFC player. You sure, you don't want to put Shallowy on it after tonight's match? <laughs> Bleh, no, thank you. Uh, you know what, though? I was actually really excited. Let's talk about a couple of the all-star selections here really quickly. It's it's always fun to be able to watch a player like Raul Rui Diaz play the in the all-star game. in the league. Uh, he is, he's really, really good. And, and I've, I've actually mentioned this several times on the podcast. I've kind of, because of my travels there with my middle schoolers and the fact that Peru's national team was playing like across the street from where we were having this little lunch at a cafe. I've kind of adopted Peru's national team. They also, that, that year they were playing really well. They beat Brazil. It was like a whole thing. I'm stoked for not just Raul Rui Diaz, but Pedro Gaese, the second keeper on the MLS All-Star Team Philly, a player who we got to see and know and love very closely watching him play. Matt Turner is the... Um, I would assume, by the way, starting keeper. I think Matt Turner might play the first 45, and then maybe Gaese plays the second 45. And look, fresh off of what he was able to do with the U.S. men's national team, I don't think it's any surprise, Philly, that Atlanta's Miles Robinson is also back there as well. Can you imagine the center backs on the all-star team? Could be Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman starting together. That's kind of fun. Maybe Murray starts. I don't know. Bob, by the way, there is a fifth All-Star Philly. Bob Bradley is going to be coaching this thing. That's pretty cool that Coach Bob Bradley gets to do it. Are there any other players, Philly, that you are looking forward to seeing at All-Star Weekend? Because I do have one more, but I'll, I'll wait till you're... Well, I alluded to him earlier. It'd be cool to see Walker Zimmerman, but somebody I'm excited about that I haven't really had much of an opportunity to see is yeah. Nani. I'm a Manchester United fan, and Nani obviously was a big part of Manchester United's history, so it'd be really, really cool to see him. It's awesome that there's young MLS talent that we get to see. I mean, Cade Cowell, obviously, is somebody who I'm excited to see yeah. as well, but I mean, if we're talking on a selfish global scale, I mean, Nani's a pretty big deal in the yes. world, in the landscape of global football, so I'm really pumped to get a chance to see him play. Yeah, one last name that I'm looking forward to seeing in the All-Star Game, Philly, Gignac. Uh, I, that that dude's great. He's so I mean, good. I, 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 look, I'm not going to lie. I was a fan of his prior to CONCACAF yeah. Champions League, and he just further solidified it for me. Like, if there's a kit that I want to buy from any team in Liga Emekis, it's, it's Gignac. Yeah. It's just fun uh, saying his name. And, and honestly... It sounds he, like a like an alcoholic beverage that'll put you on your rear. If if any, but, but it's like a, a French beverage, Like right? a cognac, but, yeah. but it's angrier. It's a Gignac. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. I know people are like, oh, how could you, how could you like a guy like Gignac? What did he do to us in the game? He earned our respect. Yeah, I mean, that's did. simple. It's not like he we see the guy all the respect. time. And, and by the way, he put that Tigres team on his back. If you look at the way he played during that whole Champions League run-up, I mean, he was incredible. So I'm pretty excited about that. All-Star game coming up 24th and 25th. Get your tickets. It's, They've come down in price. Yeah, or wait. By the way, because if they've come down once, they may come down some more. There's plenty uh, available, by the way. I, I would like to say one little surprise. I just want to mention this. One little surprise as we get into Sporting's roster. I am shocked, considering we are playing a Liga Emekis team. 
No Alan Pulido. Yeah, I was kind of stunned that myself. Was, that, for a guy who is as prolific a scorer yeah. as him, for a guy who's had the success yeah. that he did in Liga Amegas, the fact that, you know, obviously we got Chicharito and, and Carlos Vela, big fixtures. I, I would have yep. thought we would have seen Pulido, uh, but hey, look, 12 picks are by the fans. Yep. 12 by Bob, the other two by Don Garber. The fact that nobody saw fit to pick Pulido, kind of surprising if you ask me. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Philly, let's get in to the lineups for these two teams. I'll go ahead and start this time. We'll go back to the old ways. We already <laughs> the old talked ways as of, re- as of what last week. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we already talked about manager Peter Vermees. These guys played each other what, like June twenty sixth or something, not too long ago, I think. Yeah, so we were at high tops with we, Pride Republican Black Army. Absolutely, that was an incredible watch party. Had a really good time there. I know but it was a fun bar. I wasn't like it that there. also where where we stumbled upon Kimberly Caldwell Harvey, where she was there and didn't even know there was a watch party going on there. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, the look on her. Face was yeah, she turned around. She goes, "You guys, what are you guys doing here?" The uh, the four three three that's sporting kids. Such a disgusted you I guys. Know, she was not happy about it, but we love you, Kimberly. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We know you're big fans. Uh, the former pool keeper for Major League Soccer, and in my opinion, still one of the top three or four keepers cool in story. MLS. Goalkeeper Tim Melia. He is not a physically imposing specimen by any stretch of the imagination. But he is as quality of a keeper as there comes on the back line. Luis Martin, Andreu Fontas, Nicolas Isimat Mirin, and the you, you, you called him Old Man Graham. Old and you're Man not wrong. Graham. Moonlight Graham. Moonlight Graham Zussi. He announced his presence with authority today. That old man YMCA basketball game oh, today yes. for Graham Zussi. Horace Grant glasses. Yeah, right? Gotti Kinda, Ilya Sanchez, Remy Walter, Daniel Shallowy, who, by the way, if you've listened to anything that we've talked about sporting Kansas City, all Philly does is put a big circle and a highlight and a gold star next to Daniel Shallowy. Who uh, he was already in the top five scoring coming into this match He's for Major League two Soccer. Right now. Alan Pulido, the snub of the All Star game, and Philly's former boy. And I always say that if they were on that 2015 or at least 2015, 16, 17, that era NYCFC clubs, because Philly was an inaugural year season ticket holder for NYCFC yes. 20, 2015, correct, Philly? Correct. Kyrie Shelton rounds out the lineup. I'd mention who was in the 18, but you know what? Nobody in the 18 really made any impact on the match. The only one who LAFC fans might know, former trialist Amadou Dia. He, uh, I think, did he get into the match towards the end? He I, was warming up. I was watching. I honestly, at that point, I had kind of tried to turn off all the feelings. Yeah, so I don't remember if I'm taking notes after the seventy. Got into the match. You stopped taking notes. No, I'm goodness. kidding. Uh, but that's that's it for Sporting Philly. What about this incredibly different lineup for LAFC? And we'll give our thoughts on it later. I mean, incredibly different. I mean, yes, the. the absence of Murray and the absence of Segura makes it different. But obviously, next man up, people step into play. I wanted to say one thing really quickly about Eddie Segura. Eddie Segura has been a guest on our podcast. We wish him all the best. What blows my mind about Eddie Segura and his injury, so in Bob's press conference a couple of days ago, he mentioned that it was a not, he, uh, Segura started complaining about a non-contact incident that happened in Portland. That happened in Portland. 
Portland was not our last game, folks. It, it was not. And so on that Portland carpet, something occurred. But nobody seemed too alarmed. Nothing happened there. And then obviously he had a handful of training sessions. Nobody saw that any anything. They thought they would give him a break. They did not start him against Vancouver. And then he played the second half the entire 45 minutes. And on a tear of an ACL and then still not knowing what the deal is. Yep. Checking it out there. I mean, if anything, I mean, Eddie Segura is a pretty tough cat. If his eight, what were you going to say? No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I was going to let you finish, but it just, you talked about it when we were playing Portland with Sebastian Blanco. And I don't remember the other player, but guys going down in Portland on that carpet because of ACL injuries, Philly. Yeah. Chalk up another one, Eddie Segura. Yeah. So he, he was a victim on that. So again, shout out to Segura. I'll, I'll, we hope you get better. And Murray, Murray's got a hamstring issue. Bob said it's not that serious. Don't know if it's serious enough to exclude him from the San Jose match on Sunday, but their absence is clearly something that we, we, we took hard. I mean, together with those boys in the lineup, they were leading LAFC in minutes and they did not allow more than two goals per game and so the back line <laughs> this back line did Th- Thomas Romero in between the pipes Kim Moon Juan Marco Farfan Tristan Blackman Cheeky Palacios and Raheem Edwards no surprise in my opinion with the people in the back then we had Edward Atuesta and Jose Cifuentes the uh, two lo- the lone two midfielders and then as far as our front line is concerned we had Diego Rossi Carlos Vela and welcome back to the prodigal son Brian, yep. you started a game at the bank again, Brian. <laughs> and so there's your LAFC starting lineup as far as the bench is concerned. Pablo Cisniega, Mama Dufal, Jordan Harvey. If there ever was a match that I would have expected to see Jordan Harvey, it would have been this. With two defenders out, you thought the, the, the grizzly veteran himself would have made his entrance into the match. It, it did not happen. Pancho Janela, Bryce Duke, Chris... <laughs> Chrysostomo, I mean, we signed him uh, like a Welcome. second ago. He was uh, he was handing out Gatorades to the boys in Orange Peels. Next thing you know, they give him a jersey. Boom, there you <laughs> Aww, go. Oh, he earned his place on the team. Alvaro Casada, congratulations to you, my man. Another UC, uh, UC Irvine product. That's an he, anteater. He, an, <laughs> an anteater. That's what they're called. <laughs> That's, yeah, nothing scarier than an anteater. <laughs> what about the banana slugs of University of California, Santa Cruz? I mean, those names are just fun. Do they strike fear in the heart of the opposing teams? They no, do not. but I mean, I'd love, I mean, imagine being in a basketball game. You got everybody in there. Go anteaters. The South Park cows. <laughs> yeah, clearly. All right, let me, <laughs> let me just finish this, round this off. Okay. Danny Musovsky and Eric Duenas, who, if you remember earlier in the season, he was MIA with an ankle injury. Welcome back, Eric Duenas. That is your LAFC starting lineup, and hopefully it's the last time we see this very LAFC starting lineup. In the, in the formation that they were in, anyway. And, Phil, you mentioned uh, wanting to maybe see Jordan Harvey coming to the match. That's how I kind of felt about Eric Duenas. I really was impressed with the the little minutes, the, the little bit of activity that he got last year, and I was really hoping this would be a step forward for Eric Duenas. We are still holding our breaths, waiting with bated breath, if you will, for Antonio. Bated breath? For, no, no, no. Antonio Leone, Tony Leone, to make his black and gold debut as well. And look, I'll say this. I This is Scarf talking here, guys. And I, I never second-guess tactics. I just don't. I'm not a tactics guy. I have two quality years of AYSO soccer under my belt as a player. He's got skills. I was not very good. You did hit the bullseye with that 
football I, that's dark why game. I will never play that game again. I retired, walked off into the sunset, left left my cleats there and everything, or my so boots. Proud. Excuse so me. Proud that's of you. it. I, I have I do have like twenty years of experience coaching soccer, but it does not extend past the ten year old level. So <laughs> I am not and I'm not kidding. I really do love coaching little ones in soccer. I can keep it very, very simple and speak in very small, slow, short sentences. And we have a lot of fun. You make goal. It's I mean, honestly, I love coaching these kids. However, I don't second guess tactics. I am not the X's and O's guy that like a Vince LaRosa is or or some of these other pundits that you'll hear talk about, oh, they should have been in this formation, should have yeah, been that's, that. That's not us. But we're here just and, to inform and, and, and by entertain. the way, even that is a massive Ow, understatement. I hit my for knee. you did. You shook your whole desk. Even that is a massive understatement for how woefully underqualified I am to make the statements that I am about to make. Our truest leadership on this club comes from the back forward. I feel like it always has been. That was true for us with the aforementioned Laurent Simon or with the player you mentioned in the All-Star game, Walker Zimmerman. And I think it's certainly true with Eddie Segura or at least the combination of Eddie Segura and Jesus David Murillo. We have relied on those two at center back to heal most of our ills for most of the season. And that's why Murray is an all-star. And honestly, Segura should have been an all-star too. And and I'm shocked, by the way, that Segura was not an all-star. Really frustrating for the guy because he absolutely deserves it. When we looked our worst early in the season and in parts of preseason, it was when we tried to keep fitting square pegs into round holes. Philly, how many different pos- uh, positions did we play Latif Blessing in? I mean, I mean <laughs> everywhere but keeper. Right? I mean, it's, I mean, the Latif, Latif Blessing's positioning on the field is that of the Kama Sutra. The guy's been in every position possible, <laughs> other than goalkeeper. All right, all right. <laughs> I so tried with that one. You know, I don't mind that one. That one was actually pretty good. Didn't seem like much of a reach. Tonight, <laughs> Philly, we saw another example of this. Four wingbacks playing in the back five. Tristan, the lone true starting center back, And look, no Latif as sweeper in the middle to kind of clean up a lot of those mistakes. We had no poncho to maybe hold up possession, string passes together. Those aren't really Sifu's strengths, right? Sifu is super physical. He's great at going forward. He he makes some of those plays that you don't think he should make. But Philly, the 3-5-2 or 5-3-2, in my opinion, with the players we had available tonight, not in general, but with the players we had available tonight and in the way that we chose to arrange them on the pitch, I felt like what the coaches did in this one is kind of set these boys up for failure. I feel bad saying that, but Philly, we aren't playing Vancouver or actually Vancouver's pretty good. Who are the teams that are lower than us? We're not playing FC Cincinnati. We're not playing the Chicago Fire. We are playing a team who, Philly, you mentioned this on the 110 pregame. They were the leading scoring team coming into the match. They, leading they, scoring, leading scores in the West, and after tonight, the league. Yeah. This isn't a team that we could afford to mess around with. This is a clinical team, even without, and I didn't mention this in the starting last, but even without Gianluca Busio, who is still somewhere celebrating the U.S. men's national team's last victory, even without Gianluca Busio. They've got Pulido. They've got Shallowy. They've got guys like Kyrie Shelton who could put it in the back of the net. They've got plenty of talent on this team. And so for us to kind of mess around with the 3-5-2 the way that we did, 
and for those players to not play well in those positions because of the lack of confidence and because of the lack of practice in those formations. Philly, I really felt like we set these players up for failure tonight in the first half. And there are lots of reasons why I think we're right. But Philly, let's talk about the three goals allowed in the first half. I personally feel, personally feel, like all of them are a direct result of a lack of confidence or lack of understanding of where to be on the back line. And that even, unfortunately, Philly, permeated its way into your favorite player on the roster recently, Thomas Romero. Oh, I thought you were being sorry. No, no, no. You love Thomas Romero. Philly, walk us through the 20th minute and the first SKC. I do, but real quick before, I'm sure there's going to be some questions and I just want to address it. Uh, I mean, three days ago, it became official. Look, it's no surprise that Christian Arango, Chicho, he he signed with LAFC. For those of you wondering why he wasn't in the 18, I mean, it's simple. He's been in LA for a little less than a week. His paperwork, his visa stuff hasn't cleared it, hasn't cleared yet. So once that clears, then he'll start to feature. He's been in a couple of practice sessions and uh, from what I've heard about from Bob and, and obviously from Carlos there, they're very excited about him. He's he's integrating well. He's he's got a good attitude, and, and uh, his skill is already shown in some practice sessions. But that's the reason why he didn't feature. Yeah, his paperwork didn't clear. One yet. other thing, I mentioned that we had no Latif tonight, Philly, but that was another surprise, at least for some that aren't around the team. Why no Latif tonight in the lineup? So the reason why Latif wasn't in the lineup. So he posted this on social media a few days ago. Latif took a flight back to Ghana. Uh, as you know that Latif Latif's married, he hasn't seen his wife in a while, and there is uh, issues getting her a visa. So a little bit of homesick, some time away. He, he we, went and we don't know one hundred percent, by the way. That's why he flew back there. We're, we're no, but I mean it's it's fair. I mean he went. I'm, he went back to Ghana, so there's a good chance he went to go see his wife and his family. Yep. So that's the reason why he wasn't around. They said it was personal issues, but obviously personal means he wanted to go see his family. So that's why Latif wasn't around. And on a quick turnaround, what, six days? Yeah. Uh, coming back from Ghana, whether he's back or not, that I don't know. I can't speak for that. But that's the reason why we didn't see him. If anything, maybe he came back. Maybe he would have had to quarantine for a little while, especially with everything going on in the world. But that's why we haven't seen Latif Blessing and, and on the field And Bob today. refused to speak on his availability for the next match. And we'll talk about that because it's in just four days, by the way, against San Jose. But what's also well, interesting is the fact that Bob and the presser mentioned that, you know, expect to see some changes. Sure, sure. And, but Bob did mention he wasn't able to, uh, to forecast whether Latif would be available or not. So, Philly... Back to the 20th minute as we talk about the first of the three goals in the first half for Sporting Kansas City. Walk us through that 20th minute. Yeah, so getting to the 20th minute, there are a couple opportunities for both sides, but the 20th minute is when Sporting Kansas City capitalized. Alan Polito gets his seventh goal of the season, and the way that panned out, there was a beautiful volley. I, I couldn't quite tell from who. There was no hockey assist on that one. We were up in Founders. Even the replay, we couldn't see it, but there was a ball meant to connect with Kyrie Shelton. Yes, former NYCFC Kyrie Shelton and Thomas Romero well you could say he got a bit too froggy so he he was the one that connected with Kyrie (laughs) Shelton (laughs) Romero was feeling froggy so he jumped out of his box and uh 
cleaned Kyrie Shelton's clock. And in the process of him knocking out Kyrie Shelton, he pushed Marco Farfan out of the way as well. And as a result of that, Alan Polito gets the first goal of the game in the 20th minute and his seventh goal of the season. And we can argue that that was all on Romero. But what we do know from various conversations, Zach Abdel has always wanted our keepers to be aggressive. So yes, this was on him. He miscalculated, misjudged that, but they're taught to go out there and be as aggressive as possible. So he was trying to do what he's told. And yes, the young keeper made a mistake in doing this. I mean, he, again, he totally cleaned Kyrie Shelton's clock. He took him out pretty good. Oh, he took him out quite well. That's why we had five minutes of stoppage time at the end of the first half. But that mistake is what led to the first goal of the game. And Alan Polito makes his mark in this matchup. Yeah, but again, I want to go back to what I'm saying about this 3 5 2 5 3 2 you look at Farfan and Tristan in the middle of the pitch as this ball is sitting up there in the air. Neither of them really close out yeah. on Kyrie Shelton. It was, again, Thomas Romero closed out on Kyrie Shelton. <laughs> and because there was that miscommunication, you almost felt like it was on Tristan because what Tristan did immediately was he didn't go to try to make a play on the ball. He didn't go to try to get back. He ran straight to goal, and I, you're not going to stop Alan Polito with Tristan Blackman. Sorry. But it was really frustrating because I, I just think that was another product of starting this lineup that was just not equipped to play a 3-5-2, 5-3-2 hybrid together. And look, yellows were traded by both sides through the 25th minute, but Philly, there were 10 yellow cards in this match, five per side, and neither side was able to capitalize. LAFC couldn't get a second yellow in anybody. I, I turned to, to Kara and I said, you know, at one point, I think that's the only way we're going to get back into this match. Maybe we can get one of these guys who's on a first yellow onto a red, you know, go a man up and, and do something. But man, that's, that's never a tactic you want to have Philly flash forward to the 28th minute. And again, a scattered back line can't clear a ball. Philly, we counted what four or five defenders. This ball passed through or by or around or said hi to pinball and, and, and Philly, the, the details on a very frustrating. This one was more frustrating to me than the second one. Cause we had, excuse me, than the first one, because we had so many opportunities to clear this ball. Uh, you could see that one coming from a mile away as that play was developing. I mean, if you were paying attention to it, you were thinking, uh Oh, something's about to happen. Daniel Shallowy, a man who's uh, had nine goals on the season. At this point, he was number four in the MLS running, but a man who also contributes. He meets his teammates. He helps them score as well. Shallowy had a fantastic pass to Martins, and uh, number 36 scores that goal. Shallowy gets his fifth assist of the season, Martinez's fifth goal, and then minutes after the first goal, minutes after, <laughs> I just wanted to go back to Kyrie Shelton. Max referred to Kyrie Shelton as a false nine. I'd have to say after Thomas Romero, he made Kyrie Shelton a flattened nine. <laughs> but <laughs> eight minutes later, we find ourselves in a hole two to nothing, and you're like, oh, this does not. This is not happy. Football is not being life here uh, on Ted Lasso night at Bank of California Stadium. Yeah, and you know, props to Jessica Black, who was one of the co-hosts for the the LAFC pregame show there on the app. You know, she did say that she thought this was going to go badly early, and clearly, twenty eight minutes in, she's not wrong. Nope. Thirty six minutes in, she's really, really not wrong. But at least this one, to me, Philly. 
it felt less worse because it was just a moment of brilliance from the player that you, we said it before, circle, you gold star it, you make sure you're marking Daniel Shallowy. But that, that old man game, and we saw this one time later on in the match as well, just a perfect pinpoint pass from Graham Zusi. Graham Zusi, the long, 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 long time veteran. If Major League Soccer one day creates a Major League Soccer Hall of Fame, Graham Zusi is a first ballot guy. Graham Zusi yeah, is one fair. of those guys that that you put in because his his body of work in Major League Soccer is incredible. Also, obviously, U.S. Men's National Team. But what we're seeing this year from Graham Zusi, and what we certainly saw this match from Graham Zusi, he's the old crotchety guy. He got all fired up at the refs a few times. Yeah, we say the Roy Kent, the, the sporting right, Kansas Sure, City. sure. If Roy Kent can pass like Graham Zusi, however, Daniel Shallowy absolutely obliterates this ball with a one-timer that never even touched the pitch off of the pass from Graham Zusi. And I'll say this, I think Thomas Romero was relatively unaware or not yet ready for a shot like that. Again, a player of Daniel Shallowy's caliber. And just like that, SKC is off to the races. I don't even know what I just knocked down right behind me. But it is 3 nothing. And My Philly, Nintendo controller. Oh, sorry. Oh, there it is right there. You upset Mario and Luigi on that. Sorry. So we go into the half down 3 nothing, certainly feeling awful, Philly. But the first half was not without its chances for LAFC. We're going to go back in time. Back to the 26th minute and Tristan Blackman. Yeah, it was off of a free kick. In the 25th minute, it was Izamat who had a rude welcoming to Brian. That was a yellow card. And that yellow card led to a Carlos Vela free kick. And what a beauty it was. He floated it in so nicely. And Tristan Blackman trying to catch lightning in a bottle two games in a row. Trying to head one past Tim Melia, but he didn't get enough head on the uh, on, on the ball there. And as a result of that, Melia had an easy attempt. Tristan getting close on there. If he could have smacked it a bit harder, he could have caught Melia off off guard but that was a very very close opportunity and then we'd have to fast forward what 15 or so minutes after yeah, that yeah 43rd minute yeah a little more than 15 if that's the case so <laughs> as as the play develops Jose Cifuentes making a rock star pass to Kim Moon Juan who then connects with Diego Rossi finding an open Raheem Edwards and Raheem let one go and I got up I cheered because it to me, it was an inevitability that he was going to score. I couldn't quite tell. Even the replay was a little dicey because the Heineken sponsor kind of took away from our angle. <laughs> Tim Melia may or may not have gotten just the slightest bit of a touch on Edwards' shot because it went smack dab right off of the right uh, right post. And that was a nice indication as to how LAFC's night would continue to progress. Two opportunities. Yeah. Had those been, had they been able to convert? We're talking about a completely different ball game here. We might be just looking at a draw. We might have not given up that third goal to Daniel Shallowy. We would have made it more competitive, but two golden opportunities. And as the tale goes for this night, no conversions on them. Yeah. And Philly, look, like you said, who knows? 3 1 3 2 feels much, much different. I really felt like in that first half, Philly, LAFC was afraid to counter the counter. Or Philly, they, they were afraid to get out on the counter themselves. It, really frustrating. We would see better in the second half. But again, I think it all comes down to it was just the wrong formation. LAFC didn't feel comfortable countering. 
and and it showed time after time after time. It's a steep uphill climb from three nothing. But if we capitalize on either of those two chances, maybe it's three one, maybe it's three two. We just feel a little different. And to start the second half, Bob wanted everything to feel a little different. You mentioned you talked about changes coming later on in the lineup. Change there were changes coming come. at halftime. Mamadou Fall in for Farfan. That was interesting. I thought Farfan in moments played fairly well. There were some instances where he closed out shallowy and had a couple of really good defensive plays. For sure. I was a little surprised but that he came out. What I what I say about A little, and I emphasize on little. No, for sure, but I think what Bob wanted to do, and we'll talk about this in a second, it meant that Farfan had to come out. But man, that's where we're at now, by the way, in backup center backs. Mamadou Fall, who made his professional debut in June of this year in the USL, Mamadou Fall comes in for Marco Farfan, Pancho Ginella in for Raheem Edwards. And what we see is a shape change. LAFC back to their old reliable, you know, it's like, it's like putting on that comfy pair of basketball shorts because you know you're just going to lounge around the house for the weekend. That is the 4-3-3. And Philly, we saw it start to pay almost immediate dividends. The formation change clearly getting LAFC off on the right foot with three near misses by Diego Rossi. And this, God, Philly, in a 4-3-3, how much more comfortable is Diego Rossi? 47th minute, 51st minute, 56th minute, Philly, fill us in on the Diego Rossi near misses. Yeah, the 47th minute, we had Brian get in on some of the early action with some fresh moves connecting with Diego Rossi, but he takes a shot and it goes wide. So there's there's that first attempt. And then we fast forward over to that 51st minute. Pancho with a great pass to Moon. Moon to Rossi, but his shot <laughs> went in the direction of the Expo Originals flag in the north end. He had a little bit of hustle behind that muscle and he tussled with the Expo's flag. And uh, that was our that was a potential second goal right there. You know, if uh, it... it, it there was, was a good opportunity. And then 54th minute, Rossi to Sifu, he blasts one, but just wide yep. to the left. Not by much, but just wide. But 47th minute, 51st minute, 54th minute, there were some really, really yeah, nice And even changes. the 56th minute, right? Like more frustration for LAFC's offense. The boys were feeling it. They were feeling frustrated. They, and again, but they, they came out in the first 10 minutes. They played really, really well. And then in the 58th minute, old man game, old man game again. And I'll I'll talk about how I feel after the goal in a minute, Philly, but fill us in on Moonlight. Yeah, old man Moonlight Graham, Graham Zuzzi with a beautiful pass. And it was floating through the air with the greatest of these. And Gotti Kinda kind of killed us by scoring the fourth goal of the game. Fourth goal of the game, fourth score of the game, and yes, Gotti kinda Gotti Kinda kinda killed us. At this point, our black our beloved black and gold is looking more black and blue. Get that Kansas City barbecue sauce ready because SKC is smoking us like a brisket in the 58th minute. Ugh. Just as you thought things were gonna get slightly better, they came in and they killed us and they wiped out our enthusiasms. Look, here here's my issue. With that whole play, that whole setup, two things. 
Number one, it kind of goes back to something that they talk about all the time, and you're waiting for it. It's coming now. If you give Tom Brady a clean pocket, oh god! If you don't well, muddy now the I waters, know we're all downhill. If you don't muddy the waters, where's newfound his feet, glory when you need them? He, it's he doesn't all like downhill from here. When there are people at his feet, he doesn't like to throw when there's not a clean pocket. Graham Zusi had the cleanest pocket. Nobody closed out on him. He literally stopped, stood there for a minute, surveyed the defense, and picked him out over the top. Gotti Kinda, nobody marking him, by the way. Plenty of clean air, plenty of clean feet for Graham Zusi. And just like Tommy to Rob Gronkowski, you saw it. Graham Zusi to Gotti Kenda, and it is an absolute dime. That is a perfect pass. And if Tomas Romero has to stay on his line, he has no shot at making that save really frustrating. But it, it didn't come from a, a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2. It came from a lack of closeout by LAFC. That's a frustrating goal because executed perfectly by SKC and executed perfectly describes how I wanted our defense to feel yeah. after that Marcing happened. Marcin is inner Casey Stengel. There you I love go. It. To Bob's credit, though, Philly, he kept trying to find a way through, and this was certainly true with his substitutions after the fourth goal. In the 63rd minute, he brings on Moose for a largely ineffective Brian Rodriguez. Huh, that's one way of putting it. In the it. 68th minute, he brought in Bryce Duke for a largely ineffective Jose Cifuentes. I like what you did there. And in the biggest shocker, and it's interesting we have a shocker in the Giggity 69th (laughs) minute, Alvaro Quesada for a largely ineffective Kim Moon Juan. Think Think about what we just talked about. In my opinion, Philly, Brian Rodriguez is a guy who probably has more skill at trying to break down even though he hasn't had any success in doing it. He's broken down. He's got so much skill in trying to break down these guys 1v1. Sifu and Kim Moon-Hwan have been the most exciting players to watch for LAFC, and I described all three of those players with the exact same terminology, largely ineffective. Really frustrating there that here we are going into the 69th giggity minute, and we are finally only now with 20 minutes left to go changing our shape enough and now having the right personnel to execute the 4-3-3 the way Bob clearly wanted to do today. And I want to be clear. I only think they were largely ineffective because of the 5-3-2-3-5-2 hybrid system being run with no Segura and no Murillo behind them. That's fair. Not in general, just with this particular set of circumstances. Philly, Carlos missed one in the 74th. Cheeky misses one wide oh, he didn't just in the 78th. Miss it. Yeah, let's it talk was, about these. I mean, Duke making his way into the game. He had a great pass trying to find Moose, but the ball gets deflected by Sporting Kansas City Izimat. And uh, anytime I say his name, I can't help but think of the Ali G movie. Not the Ali G movie, the Borat movie. His person, the guy who was the producer, yes. his name was Azamat. Azamat. So when I say Azamat, Azamat all I can think of is his Sasha Baron Cohen. It's <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, but Carlos Vela was oh, there. He, he didn't get... make it in the second movie. That was bad. I just remember what happened to him in the second Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was he a just, part of the... Uh... He made a chair or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, Don't Google that. Go n- on, everybody. N- no, no. 
It's a, it's it's That's, a no. It's a no. <laughs> but hey, Carlos Vela giving us a slight bit of excitement, a bicycle kick that got the crowd into it, but no, nothing happened there. Um, yeah, that was the Carlos Vela miss. Yeah, and I just wanted to highlight something because up to this point, the the only bright spots of the day were the fact that Founders Club didn't run out of tasty refreshments. <laughs> yeah, look, Carlos Vela, seventy fourth minute, trying a bicycle kick down for nothing. He wants uh, to kick I've, a bicycle. I've got some thoughts oh, on no. Carlos. No, no, no. Mind is a terrible thing to uh, use. I've Scarf. got some thoughts on Carlos Vela after this match that I will share. Cheeky missing wide in the seventy eighth minute off of a set piece, but Philly. You felt one was coming. You felt like, okay, Bob and the coaching staff had figured out something. Now, with these subs, with the change of shape, honestly, if you go back and look, we largely dominated the last 20, 25 minutes of play, like pretty, pretty badly. We dominated the last 20, 25 minutes of play. And Philly, you love this guy. You love talking about him. You love everything about him. Tell the millions. And millions. What went down in the 82nd minute? Ah, we had a moose sighting. A moose who broke the goose egg. A moose who broke the goose egg. A moose who got loose and put a sporting Kansas City defender well, on his caboose. It was a brilliant goal, but that goal wouldn't have happened had it not been for a great pass by Cheeky Palacios. Danny Musovsky, who had been relatively quiet all season. He made some noise down at Las Vegas Lights. Last year, he was the surprise player of the year, but we didn't get to hear much from him going into this season. And Danny Musovsky breaking breaking this goose egg, breaking the shutout, because up until that would have happened, this Easily could have been LAFC's second oh, worst yeah. loss ever. Oh yeah, second worst loss ever. Because uh, I, I mean, the we lost five, five nothing to yep. Atlanta, and then five one to Minnesota United. We were still down by four. Yeah, to get shut out four nothing at home. I mean, Sporting Kansas City has shut us out at home again. Sure. Going back to 2018, sure. it was that night they gave out the Sporting Kansas City scarves, which that scarves will never see the light of day. It's, <laughs> it's jinxed. It's bad luck. It's, it's it's the Annabelle of my scarf collection. It's it, never coming out of its case. Um, <laughs> but Danny was. Musovsky punching one into the back of the net, and yeah. hey, the people got people got happy. And I noticed on social media there were some people that were upset with the thirty-two fifty-two. They said, "Why are you excited? Why are you popping smoke? The team's down. Like you need to be yelling at the front office. You're setting a bad example." And I, and I read that. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like through good times and through bad times, yeah, they were the only thing that was positive in this match. They were still doing their thing the way they've done everything, the way they've been doing things since, what, the 29th of April in the year 2018. You're going to yeah, be upset you- at the 3252 for cheering and doing 3250 things? Buddy, I, I don't remember what your name is, but God, <laughs> bad take. Shut up. This is why you got to stay off social media right after the matches, Philly. But imagine this. Imagine we get one of those chances to fall in the first half. Now, all of a sudden, it's 4-2. And, and please... Everybody who has the ability to go back and watch the games, start watching the game in the 80th minute. If you start watching the game in the 80th minute, we get chance after chance after chance. Lots of opportunities missed after the 80th minute. Vela misses an absolute bunny in the 87, had it broken up. And Moose, uh, Moose has got to finish that second one. I'm sorry, oh. in the 89th minute. Moose was menacing. Can you imagine? Maybe Moose puts that one home. Now it's 4-3, and the whole place feels differently, especially after our wait. What? what moment of the match in the final minute of regulation? 
It's Mamadou Fall Philly Falling earning the box. a penalty. Earning a penalty until VAR. Yeah, and we saw the replay. He was fouled just outside the box. And when I mean just outside the box, a nose hair, a, a an eyebrow hair that's annoying and you pluck. It was very close, but it was the right call. And, well... Vela, I think it was Vela who was... It uh, was Vela. He missed it. He missed it, yeah. High high and wide to the right post. But imagine if that's a PK instead of a free kick. And all of a sudden, you've been down 4-0, 4-1, 4-2. Yeah, they had opportunities. Oh, my God. Like There's so much optimism that we can take from this match because of just the last 10 minutes. Because Bob and the coaching staff figured out, all right, look, maybe SKC is not playing as hard because they're up 4-1. But also, you have professional athletes wanting to finish the job, and you had guys who got an opportunity. Duke, Moose, Quesada. By the way, congratulations to Alvaro Quesada making your maiden appearance, your first appearance for the black and gold. Congratulations, Alvaro Quesada. And, and these players came to play. But, Philly, there's another player who I've, I've already mentioned. I said I wanted to talk about this at the end. I loved angry Carlos Vela tonight. I loved angry Carlos Vela. He was so frustrated at not being able to close out a chance after the 80th minute. He absolutely fires that ball was that in the direction of the expo originals or or who that was over there almost took out two security guards <laughs> i mean he fired it and then so much so he turned right after and said whoa sorry my bad that was real bad we saw it earlier in the match when brian rodriguez took an extra touch too long instead of crossing the ball immediately we saw the frustration time and time again in carlos vela's face we saw him attempt a bicycle kick putting his body on the line down for nothing you still had captain carlos leading by example today in a match he was what many of you out there criticize him for not being over and over again he was a fiery leader today but he also led by example in a match where if you are carlos vela you're making millions and millions of dollars and you have enjoyed a wonderful lifestyle playing the game of football you could have said, all right, you know what? The goal today is not to get hurt. I got injured last year. I'm coming off an injury this year. I see a couple of my buddies are hurt. Carlos played with reckless abandon tonight, but in as good a form as he could have despite the coaching staff tonight, despite the cards that he was dealt tonight, despite an ineffective Brian Rodriguez, despite a largely ineffective Diego Rossi, even though Diego was aggressive the entire match, and I appreciate that. But we still had Captain Carlos coming through time and time again in this match, even though, Philly, the 4-1 result doesn't show it. I like an angry Carlos Vela. His anger makes him strong. We need more of Darth Vela on the pitch. Some Darth Vela utilizing his force. 
LAFC's in a good position. Look, for those of you who say that LAFC played without heart, that's that's incorrect. They gave it their all within the second half. The game was done relatively early. It was put to bed relatively early. But you got to at least give them, got to tip your hat off to a certain extent that they didn't give up. They kept going. And you look at the, at the game play-by-play, play, commentary, minute-by-minute, minute, they had opportunities even going into stoppage time. It was the potential of penalty. You had Moose being a menace. You had Vela in the 87th minute. You finally had Danny Musovsky's goal. You had the, the play in the 75th. They tried. Yeah, largely ineffective just to you know steal some words from Scarf, but they still gave it their all. They could have easily just... Been like a goldfish to harness our inner, inner Ted Lasso <laughs> and just forgotten about the game. But they kept going. And if anything, they fought for a bit more respectability. And maybe they didn't earn it in the eyes of some of the people within Bank of California Stadium. But at least they tried. We recognize that. Heck, we're going through the commentary. We watched a bit of the highlights. Yep. Well, I mean, we, we saw that firsthand, that that's what they were doing. So, I mean, if, if there's a bright spot to that, yeah, I would say so. But an angry Vela moving forward is great. We need more of Darth Vela. And Philly, talk about, you mentioned this player earlier, the other bright spot that I know you want to bring up. I've got one right after. But it was nice to see a a focused and an aggressive Danny Musoski. I like the kid. Again, he was highly underrated. He was a pleasant surprise for us last season. And plenty of defenders are going to sleep on him. But... What Danny does better than some of the other people on our team is he converts. He finishes. Yeah, he should have gotten the second goal. Yes, he should have been menacing and massively launched one past Amelia. It didn't happen, but the kid's a finisher. You can't say he's not. There are plenty of other people on the team that you can accuse of not being able to finish. Danny Musovsky, I mean, don't don't sleep on him. I mean, I he's he's a player that is what well, we got him at a discount. It's not like we pay him a whole lot of money, but for the amount for his value, his transfer market value, the amount that he makes, he, he he's a bright spot. He's a bit of a Definitely. gem because his output and his stats are, uh, I mean, far greater than what he gets financially. No, you're absolutely right. And then the last guy I want to mention is the guy who took Dayon's old number, number five. He had Mbake on the back of his jersey today. His full name is Mamadou Ibra Mbake Fall. And I thought he played his best of the two games he's ever played. And by the way, both have been against Sporting Kansas City. But he played his best minutes as a professional here at Bank of California Stadium tonight. I was really happy with Mamadou Fall. Not only, by the way, because he played really well, but Philly, he's also a true flipping center back, which we need right now. If we're not going to have Eddie Segura and we're not going to have Jesus David Murillo We've at least got someone in Mamadou Fall that we might be able to bank on for a quality set of a quality stretch anyway for these next couple of matches. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna get from Mamadou Fall, but I know what I what we got today, and it was really a breath of fresh air. Philly, again, the best part about this is that we don't get to lick our wounds uh, very long. We are headed up to San Jose to take on Chris Wondolowski and the Smurfs hmm. August 8th. Was was it Christian Espinoza, their only all-star? I think they got an all-star. No, no, Cade Cowell, Oh, dude. that's right, Cade We get Cowell. to see the young guy Cade who's Cowell. actually San Jose's leading scorer. And he's real, real. It does not look like he's 17 or 18, by the way. No. Cade looks like a house with feet. So it's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> to watch Cade Cowell. He's really good. That's that's just in four days right feet. now. He's, what a lovely he's, image. He's big. He's 
big. This is what I tell my middle schoolers. Don't just tell me he's big. Tell me he's big by not telling me he's big. House with feet. There you go. So we go there on August 8th. and then Bank Philly, of California Stadium North. We Right? And we go to the Dirty Dirty, the ATL, Oof. a week later. That was a house of horrors for us My dad's we birthday, August 15th, Ooh, two yay, days after, two days after, Philly turns... Another year older. Thank you, thank you. I was wait. I was wondering if I was going to have to add the crickets from August, season one. August thirteenth. Yeah, lo- Friday Philly the thirteenth, baby. Yeah, we got we got to find a way to celebrate Friday the thirteenth, Philly birthday. This is going to be fun. Got Although a Jason hockey mask down below your feet. Uh, that was weird. That's a weird thing to say right now as I'm sitting Friday the thirteenth, right hockey mask. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens Murder. on the thirteenth, Philly. This was a rough one, but look, there are positives, right? Yeah, founders didn't run out of refreshments. Oh, jeez. All right, that's what Philly's going to go with. I'm going to go with the fact that our second half, at least when we got back into the 4-3-3, wasn't terrible. Still lots to build on, but lots to lament. Football was death today, Scarf. We can, we can say it. You're, I like that you're being optimistic. I am. But on Ted Lasso night, football was death. And by the way, folks, it's not Ted Lasso night's fault. It, it really it's isn't. It's not. It's just a matter of circumstances. If you missed the tailgate, then that's on you. But Biscuits with the Boss was great. Scarf getting an AFC Richmond. Yeah. Uh, scarf. <laughs> scarf getting an M- Scarf getting a scarf and scarfing boss biscuits. It was fun. It wasn't Ted Lasso's fault, nor was Bob Bradley channeling his inner Ted Lasso coaching uh, tactics. No, based on I mean, season two, if we would have, it would have been a tie. Yes, we would have had right? a tie. Well, you know what? If we're talking about that, the person who's, who's channeling that is Matias Almeida. If you look at the last like six games for San Jose, yep, all been ties. And guess what they did tonight? Tied. They tied. Yeah. Look, I feel bad. You mentioned this, actually, I think, on the 110 pregame. I feel bad for San Jose because they're going to get Darth Vela, like you called him. They're going to get an angry Carlos. I hope everybody's healthy after this match. I think that was Philly trying to do a Darth Vader sound. I apologize, Epic guys. Not fail. sure what that was. But you can hear all about it on episode 160-160, the recap of the Smurf beatdown once again. Philly calls it Bank of California Stadium North. Can't wait to talk to you guys about it. You know how we like to end all of our episodes. But before we do that, tune in to Heart of LAFC's YouTube channel tomorrow night at 9.30. Scarf and I are going to make appearance on Heart of LAFC's pod. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Shout out to Joseph Zacker, Heart of LAFC. Now you can end the episode. Bye-bye.